And we've been Bottled Fuchsia. You can find us at bottledfuchsia.com. Uh, stream. Do we do streams? Sometimes? Wait, uh, hang on a second. What? I think we've been on mute this whole time. What? what? Yeah, yeah. We, we've been on mute the, the whole thing, the whole recording. For, womp womp. Wait, for how, how long have we been muted? Since February. Oh, shit. Uh, but in reality, we are Bottled Fuchsia. We're back. We're going to do a quick little podcast here. We have a uh, mini crew. You can find all of our content at bottledfuchsia.com. Sometimes we stream. Every now and then, usually for bigger events. You can find those at uh, mixer.com slash bottledfuchsia. Uh, we'll try and put videos and uh, archives of those streams at youtube.com slash bottledfuchsia. We're on Facebook and Twitter at bottledfuchsia, but mostly we're just doing this podcast. So you know, subscribe to that and listen to us talk about stuff when when we get on here. So on the Bottled Fuchsia cast tonight, we have Aaron. Hey. Brady. Yo. And I am John. So if I remember how to do this, now I think is the part where we talk about games we have been playing. So every game you've played since February, it is now June. Aaron, go. Uh, Destiny 2. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Excellent. End of the list. All right. <laughs> That's an easy one. Uh, no, uh, I actually have been playing a lot of Destiny 2. That's been probably what I've spent the most time with. We did a raid. We did a raid, finally. Yeah, it only took us two years. Yeah, did we Did we do raids in Destiny 1? I'm trying to remember. I did some, but I kind of got pulled through them very quickly. Yeah, the only one I actually remember was the um, Wrath of the Machine and that was the one that we did at Extra Life that one year. Oh, yeah. We didn't finish that one. It was extra bad. <laughs> yeah. I did, I think, one or two other ones. But I feel like Destiny 1, there was a lot of cheesing in a lot of those raids. And mm. it was, I played them and we cheesed it through in like 15 minutes. Or someone had like a spot near the end already going on. So oh, like a, yeah, a checkpoint. So, yeah. We, last night's last night's was good. It was fun. Yeah, we was did it the yeah. raid. We tried a bunch with like the sneaking and the dogs. No, this one was better. It was yeah, this, this one came with the Forsaken uh, um, expansion that came out back in what was that September or somewhere around there. Yeah, I think it was like the one year anniversary of release or somewhere right around there. Yeah, it was the big expansion where things like got much better for the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, the name of the raid is Last Wish, and we're running through all kinds of crazy broken floating city stuff with some terrible jumping puzzles here and there nice. they weren't too bad there were yeah. only like one or two of them uh, i don't know i i feel like a lot of raids in the past i've seen there there's a lot more jumping and platforming and mm -hmm. sadness like whatever those like egg runs or whatever you and Corey were having me do occasionally <laughs> uh, that i think was worse than anything in that raid, at yeah, least I, to I, me. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, some of that gets really... Uh, I mean, you probably have that ingrained in your brain, so the platform doesn't feel very difficult for you at this point. But when I would try to run it, just like, you know, going into it once every couple weeks, it feels like a nightmare running through that thing. 
you and Corey are fighting the end bosses that is um, like halfway <laughs> through platforming that thing. Even knowing what to do, the the platforming is just it, no. I don't think it's possible to get good at that. <laughs> just you just you're kind of uh, you go with whatever is happening. Yeah, so trying to make I'm, it work. This one, Brady, I feel like the puzzles were more interesting then uh the the sneaking around one was not good i didn't really love the we like ran in circles and jumped through hoops i didn't think that one was very good yeah. in like that yeah. original one. Oh, so speaking of that uh, real quick too just for anybody listening uh what we're talking about is the leviathan raid which was the first raid that came out with destiny 2 when it first launched well it came out shortly after the launch and uh that portion that you're talking about the where we had to run and jump through hoops and so forth uh, that's called the Gauntlet, and that is in the current season's like big thing you can do. It's called the Menagerie. It's kind of like a mini raid. You you get a team of six people and you run around between uh, different encounters, and they they're random. Uh, which encounters you're going to get? I think there's like twelve total that you you can get, and you'll get you'll you'll do like four of them in in a boss. And uh, the Gauntlet is one of the possibilities so you end up in that circular track running through jumping through the hoops with <laughs> literally jumping through hoops yes literally jumping through <laughs> hoops and jumping over uh flames that are coming up from underneath yelling stupid shit like dog top right <laughs> yeah so that part's not in it it's just the running around the track part <laughs> so well, just the yeah. worst part <laughs> i mean yeah i was gonna say at least the other part was like you know you had to coordinate and yell sort of, i don't know anyway yeah the puzzles in Last Wish, they were okay. Especially having someone to explain what they are you that know, was going key. in. That yeah. was key. Especially the very last one, the vault. I was just following directions. I was like, I, I, how do you even know what to do? Uh, was that the where we got the egg and had to like run, or the heart and had to run it all the way to the chest area? No, it was before that. That was with the um, the panels and the plates and the knights that we had to stop. Oh, yeah, oh, I, okay. I was just like, just tell me where to go and what to shoot. So there's a whole system in this room where there are three plates. Three people stand on the on the plates. They get symbols pop up in front of them. They have to tell each other which symbols they have that are the same. And this determines how you cleanse these plates you're standing on later. It starts spawning enemies. The people who are on the plates have to go into adjacent rooms when they open up, uh, get an orb run it through one of two tunnels to come out on the other side, depending on what the combination of symbols was. And then they have to, after you run through that, you have to go back to whatever plate uh, you're supposed to be cleansing, which was also determined by the symbols. I, I don't know. The guy that was uh, guiding us, he's done the thing like 45 times. He knew what, what to do. So he's just basically telling us the entire time, okay, you're going to go here now. You're going to go here now. Yeah, I do not envy the Destiny teams that go in blind and try yeah. and figure all that stuff out. Like, yeah, it sounds awful. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a degree of fun to a point, but it ha has to be like, I mean, you have to go into that expecting failure for a long time before you figure out what you're supposed to do. Because all of that stuff that Aaron just explained, as confusing as that all is, now imagine there are knights that are hard to kill, basically trying to kamikaze themselves into those plates. And if they're on them for like five seconds, everyone dies and you have to start over. Yeah, I, I think... To be on those teams that, you know, become the, the first ones that solve these things, like, you, you basically kind of have to be a masochist. Like, you have to go yeah. in there and be like, all right, we're just going to wipe over and over, and it's fine. I'm determined to finish this, and that's why I'm here. Yeah. 
I, I, I get it. There's a degree of fun to that, but it takes a specific for, kind of person. I yeah, think. Not, <laughs> not for me. I, I will check the box and say I've done the raid and say, hey, that's a fun thing. I feel like we struggled a lot even having a guide, knowing what to do. Oh, yeah. It is like all about execution still. And timely execution. Like you don't have a lot of time to think or, or make mistakes. Right. And I mean, this raid we went into, all of us were over 700. And I think the raid requirement is like 550 or something yeah. like that. I believe the level caps out at like 620 or something like that. So it doesn't matter what you are. If you're above that, you're just, you know, capped at that for the raid. But even so, it yeah, it adds a degree of like, it makes this easier because I'm not going to die instantly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was just thinking, though, like, even if we, because my plan going into it before we had, like, a, a solid guide person was to use a written guide or a video guide uh, and, and try to take us through based on that. And I can't imagine, like, even just trying to read that during that encounter and trying to explain it to everybody. Oh, yeah, that would be everyone pull up this video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's all watch it. <laughs> Which, I don't know, that just sounds like work. It's It's nice having a guide through a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So I feel like I will never be cutting edge on raids, but I would like to see raids as they happen at some point in time. Yeah, I'd like to go back and do that Leviathan raid, you know, eventually, like actually yep. get through it. And whatever the like two different variants of it are, I guess they're like shorter. Yeah, the raid layers that they did, which I, mm -hmm. I never quite understood what that was. I, I guess remixes, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and whatever that Season of the Drifter thing added. That mode seemed kind of fun. Is that the Reckoning? Yeah. If we had a group of four, mm -hmm. I think that would be fun to try and go through some of the harder ones. Because when we had a good coordinated group, I just always played it with random people. And it mm -hmm. was always very clear very quickly, is this group going to succeed or not? Yeah. And the problem was, if things started to go bad, people would just bounce out. And then it's just like, all right, well, this is like a waste of time now. Yeah. But yeah, that could be fun to check back into. Do you have any interest in Destiny, Brady, like when it goes free to play this fall? Yeah, I don't fully understand those changes yet, but like I, I would even consider buying the full thing on Steam for season two. Yeah, I couldn't, okay. I couldn't tell you how it all works, but if you pay the $30, I think you just get all the content. So that's yeah. probably just the thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, like I never bought any of the other DLCs. Like I had the base game. So yeah. 30 bucks for like everything yeah. Yeah, isn't to get you bad. Back. Yeah, to get you back to current. It seems nice so long as it's not smashing you in the face with like free-to-play stuff. Yeah. So that is yet to be seen. But They, they claim that you would be able to get to everything that's like, I, I don't know, available to at least base game players. I, I thought they mentioned also being able to get the Gambit and other stuff, which that was yeah. definitely part of one of the expansions. Yeah, in one of the discussions, they said they flattened the game out. So, mm -hmm. like, right now, if you bought the most recent content, Brady, you'd have to grind through pretty much all... You wouldn't have to, but probably the easiest way to sort of get caught up in levels. There are some quests now that give you pretty high-level armor that would get you caught up pretty quickly. But then building on top of that, you probably end up just going through a lot of the story and stuff because that's the quickest way to get more powerful. That's what I'd want to do. Top. Like I kind of burnt through all that stuff and then gave up on the game. Mm. Yeah, it, it seems like what they're doing in the future is they're flattening it out more so you can jump in and just decide, hey, I want to play this content. And then 
like, okay, let's do the raid, but then I want to get back and do that other story stuff later. So it's less like I need to get through X, Y, and Z before I can even touch all this other stuff, which I think some people weren't always thrilled about because it was like, all right, we're going to go do this. It's like, well, I, I can't get there yet. I know the they added the forges and like Aaron had to run me through a bunch of those to get to the last one because you had to do them all in order and there was a quest line to get that just like that kind of stuff so we'll see when uh it comes out in the fall but yep i don't know i'm kind of i had a several month break from destiny but over the past like few days i got back into it again and it's still it's still fun do you, you find it pretty easy to just pick right back up you weren't terribly under leveled i don't think no, I was capped out at 700, I think. That's where the cap was, and then the next season moved, so it became 750. So mm-hmm. I did feel like it, it... Maybe it's just my imagination, but I felt like it was more of a grind. I was used to... At least I thought they had fixed it, so when you're getting powerful weapons... Mm, I guess that's not... It always based it off your... The problem that we had is it would it bases it off your power level, but you might have like a helmet that's higher than what your actual power level is. So if you get another helmet, it doesn't always mean it's going to be higher than what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And I thought they fixed that, but I guess that's still a thing that can happen because I feel like that happened a bunch. Yeah, I think that depends on what activity you're getting that reward from and yeah, whether it's going to be. give you something that's over what you have. There was a chart somebody actually made on Reddit, of course that lays out like if you do these things you'll get uh rewards that are around your level if you do this you'll get uh your level plus two if you do these things it's going to be your level minus two which is annoying when everything is labeled as powerful item yeah (laughs) but clearly there's some different metrics behind the scenes on that right Uh, i think i remember kind of what the chart you were saying where but it basically said here are the things to focus on at the beginning of the week that will give you the biggest boost like if you're only going to play for a couple hours this week like make sure to get these and then if you play more go after these and it basically ordered like here's the order that you should do stuff in for the biggest level boost yeah there are a lot of charts and guides involved in this game yeah they're kind of necessary sometimes I still play that game without involving a lot of that in my life. That's true. I mean, you can jump in and just have a lot of fun with it. I just, I want the numbers to get higher. And then once that's done, I'll look around at what quests I have and what things I want to do. And I'll just work on that stuff. Yeah. So I sort of, you know, I'll glance at some of that stuff, but I sort of just play at my own. What do I feel like doing right now? Anything else or just mostly Destiny? Uh, It was mostly Destiny. I'll uh, mention... Uh, on the side here because I think uh, Kitty has mentioned this on past podcasts. A game she really liked uh, Dante's Inferno for this was the Xbox 360 generation. I got a copy of that and it is uh, working with backward compatibility so I'm playing that off the uh, the Xbox One Nice. and uh, we've been playing through that. I don't have anything to compare this to. I know a lot of people say it's kind of like God of War and um, Devil May Cry, and I haven't played either of those games, so I, I don't have a, a good frame of reference. That's a pretty good description, I think. Okay, I'm having fun with it. It's I don't know. It, it's interesting. It's it, it's engaging. The story is really weird, but it feels like there are pretty hard difficulty spikes and. What the game will do is if you get killed over and over at a particular encounter, after a couple of deaths, it starts spawning you with more health, and eventually, like, the the enemies get kind of easier, too. And then eventually it pops up a little message that says, hey, you can turn the difficulty down, by the way. (laughs) 
<laughs> so aside from that, I, it's it's fun so far. If I can get Kitty to come in on the next podcast, I'll get her to talk about it. Cool. Yeah, that's one. That's a game I had always seen, but I never actually dipped into. If it ever showed up on Games Pass, maybe I would try it out. Which... I remember playing it way back in the day, but and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Brady, how about you? What have you been up to? Mostly playing a lot of Escape from Tarkov. I saw that. What is that? <laughs> um, super Russian early access first person shooter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, the gist is there's there's a bunch of different maps, and you might spawn in with like. 10 to 15 other players and then there's a bunch of ai and you want to try to like loot shit and then escape with that stuff the main mode you equip your character with stuff from your like you know inventory outside of the match and if you die you lose everything Mm. Mm. and then the other mode is um scav so you're basically assuming the role of one of those ai people and you have like random loadout um, and you just try and ruin the game for other players? <laughs> you really try to scavenge. Like, at that point, you're just, you know, playing with house money. So you go in, you try to, like, load up with as much gear as possible and hopefully escape with it. Then you can sell it or use it on your main character. Uh, okay, I gotcha. So you can use that to, like, build stuff up to take into the other mode? Yeah. Gotcha. That's an interesting kind of take on... It yeah, so seems it's not a little, battle royale, but like it's a little else. like that. Yeah, it's got elements to it. It feels yeah, like. and it's uh, kind of like Arma in the sense where they're trying to be like super realistic. <sighs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so like every body part has its own health. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're losing and, me. <laughs> and wow. you can like all right. So say you get hit in the arm, but not you know lose all of your hp there you might have like blood loss so you need to use like a bandage or something to stop that and then you need some other like heal item to heal that up again the most annoying part of that is um if you're shot in the stomach enough where it actually goes to zero health your hydration starts dropping really quickly (laughs) (laughs) so you have to like chug water or like apple juice or whatever you scavenge so far i just imagine that like a cartoon with like holes in you and you're just like drinking and it's just pouring out of you (laughs) your character also made some uh terrible noises throughout this whole thing (laughs) it's like wheezing and like yelling (laughs) oh it sounds awful (laughs) yeah it sounds Uh, awful it's so good i I don't know why but it's it is really good um like another example is uh So there's a crap ton of different ammo and stuff like that. So you might have an AK, but you can choose from like one of 10 different types of bullets for them and, uh, you know, varying degrees of cost. So like really good armor piercing bullets are going to be like, I don't know, several hundred, maybe a thousand rubles per bullet. (laughs) And so when you go in, you want to have like, you know, full clip in your gun and then usually at least one spare clip so when you reload you're swapping those clips so if you reload again you might have half of a clip or something you know it's not like traditional shooters where you just hit r and then suddenly you have a full clip again Hmm. so you have to like physically unload each bullet from a mag and put it in another one if you want to like top off a mag that is some realism yeah but I don't know, it's just so much fun someone to make the simplified version of that <laughs> it just creates really tense moments just because of i guess how much it matters yeah 
Yeah, if, if it's going to go the armor route, then yeah, somebody has to make a, a different version of it that really takes off in popularity. And then somebody makes yeah. a cartoon version of that, and that takes over <laughs> pop culture for a year. Yeah, in a few years, you'll be playing this game type on mobile. Yep. Yeah. You'll uh, be flossing as all your bodily fluids <laughs> come fall All the apples you. you're shooting at. Yeah. And then uh, the Chinese government will have to make their own version of it. Where people don't die, they just wave no goodbye just and then disappear. disappear. <laughs> I'm leaving this game. I can't believe that's a real thing. It really is. So anything other than uh, Escape from Tarkov? Also, I also did the Game Pass Ultimate thing. Yep. Mostly to play uh, Metro Exodus, um, which is interesting because it's very similar game to Escape from Tarkov. Mm-hmm. like super like russian the, and stuff like realism sense yeah yeah post-apocalyptic whatever but oh my god it runs so much better <laughs> tarkov is just not optimized at all and it really metro is like arma yeah metro like you know nvidia was putting out driver updates specifically for that game mm-hmm. so it's just like miles better from escape from tarkov to metro so it was like oh my god <laughs> yeah i keep ping-ponging back and forth and like Targov, I can kind of play at 1080 with like medium settings and a lot of stuff disabled, and I kind of get 60 FPS. Or Metro, I can play at 4K on high, and it's just like <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> that is definitely far better optimization. Yeah. yeah. So, should we uh, talk about you mentioned the Xbox Game Pass stuff? Should we talk about that a little bit? Because that has happened since we've been podcasting, and I think it actually works pretty well. At least my experience has been good. Oh, so you haven't um, got in on that $1 deal, Aaron? I don't. I assume you don't have any... Do you have Game Pass or Xbox Live, or have you let all of those things lapse? I let it all point? lapse. I have no okay. Xbox, any online right now. Okay. So what you can do if that dollar deal is still happening is you can sign up for... Probably the cheapest way is to go the Xbox Live route and then you pay a dollar and it converts your time for that into what they are calling Game Pass Ultimate, which includes Xbox Live, uh, Game Pass for console, which is the Game Pass that has existed for probably about a year or so now, which was kind of nice for PC, but it only included games that were digital and play anywhere. So things like Gears of War, Forza, mm-hmm. uh pirate game that i can't see of these that one that type of thing well yeah so i re-upped my subscription to play forza and i was like oh like the new tomb raiders on here like i'd try that out but that wasn't a play anywhere title right so i kind of got burned hmm. well that i think that one should be there for ultimate now though yeah it might be there now okay so and the other thing it includes is the new xbox game pass for pc which is just the same thing as the console version, except it, here's a whole bunch of PC games that you can download and grab through the new Xbox app. They changed the old Xbox app to a like console assistant or console companion mm-hmm. app is what that one's called now. And the Xbox app is now basically a store. so if you have the if you have game pass this app basically screams to me we heard you the windows store fucking sucks yeah here's here's an app that makes it easy so you can just get the games and ignore all the other windows app bullshit i don't know about you brady but i thought it was way nicer and it's just it's far easier a lot better 
it's far easier to just be like, okay, show me the Game Pass games. I'm just going to look through, click, download, and then done. That's that's it. It's way nicer to the point where <laughs> I started looking through the games. I was like, which of these games are going to get me some achievement points? <laughs> Uh, so I played through Abzu and An Old Man's Tale and got a thousand points in both of those. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that was, both of those are fun games. And, you know, if you got an hour or two, they're worth playing through. But yeah, I think the, that Game Pass for PC is going to do really well for them. And I think the ultimate idea, combining all of them together, is really smart. Yeah, they've been pushing for that for a while. Yeah, so I think it's if, if you do one of them, if you just do console or PC Games Pass, it's like $10 a month. Ultimate will get you all three, console, PC, and Xbox Live. That's 15 and I think Xbox Live, I don't know how much Xbox Live is at this point, if it is for like $5 a month or if it's actually $10 a month, but you should just pay the $60 for a year. I don't know what the actual price is on that. I just always find the discount cards and get a year for right. like 45 bucks because yeah. that seems to be the way to do it. So again, for, for your deal here is buying Xbox Live Gold Time and then converting that for a dollar. But you're still so, paying for the gold time. So, yeah, I had Xbox Live going out until a couple months, I think, it was going to come up for expiration. So I grabbed a year edition of that. And then also I bought like three months of Game Pass a week or so ago because it was discounted. Basically, all of that I had just sitting there. I paid the dollar and I am now good with Game Pass Ultimate until like 2021 <laughs> or something. Like, yes. I have no idea how the math worked on any of that, but I, I think if you had either for service for some amount of time, you buy the $1 Ultimate and it just tacks it an just, extra month onto whatever you had. Right. And they said it and, converted the time over. Yeah. yeah. So I think what happened was it added, so it took my Xbox Live time, whatever was left, and the year. It took like the two months or so that I have of Game Pass, added that to the end of it, and then added that one extra month that was the $1 that you're paying for for the conversion. And I ended up in like March of 2021. <laughs> so I'm good for a while, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, and I'm I'm excited about that. I think it'll be nice to see what they add into it over time. Yeah, if they can trickle in some like high profile games like Gears Five. Oh, like, uh, the next thing is yeah, they've already said all first party titles are coming like, and I think early. I think if you have it, you can play them several days early versus actual release, which is kind of cool. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, I mean it. I always thought Game Pass was worth it anyway, just to play some of those first party titles, but for sure now that the pc stuff and they're you know grabbing games like metro i did not expect metro exodus to be there yeah they must have shelled out some premium microsoft bucks for that i don't know yeah yes how long has that been out a couple months on the epic store i think yeah, I was gonna yeah say, it's supposed to be a one year there, right? exclusive there yeah but i guess you're not buying it uh, <laughs> it's part of a service yeah that's true I don't know if I that was the way they got around it, but... Yeah, I don't know. I would have to go look at the Windows Store and see if you can actually just straight up buy that game from the Windows Store now. I don't know how they swung that to get Metro Exodus on PC. But, yeah. But it's neat. I'm glad they did. I'm probably going to play it there at some point. I was just looking at the Xbox app, and like on the home page, there's a D20, and it just says, what will you play next? And you can just roll it. It picks a random Game Pass game, I guess. Nice. I That's... 
I would use that feature if I just came yeah. down and was just like, I don't, I don't know what to yeah, play. Yeah, I want to play something. All right. Yeah, I I downloaded and played some Metal Slug because it was on there. I was like, this nice. is, this will be fun. It was just mashing like R one to add a bajillion quarters to it because <laughs> holy hell, that game's hard. Yeah. So since February, I haven't played a ton. I've played a little bit here and there. Uh, some Smash brothers since the dlc came out the persona five character joker is in there now Hmm. Uh, i got a little bit of that i went back to the farm again and played some stardew valley for a while just because that's an easy game to pick up and play on the switch yeah it's on the switch pretty much anything on the switch i've i played yeah these were all switch titles right yep uh, I picked up Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, uh, which I've been eyeing up Let's Go for a while, pretty much once. I don't know why that game wasn't just marketed as, hey, remember the original Pokemon? It's that, but now you can play it on the Switch and it looks way nicer. Because that's what that game is. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was supposed to be. That's. But that I never felt like, I felt like the marketing for it was all over the place with like, oh, here's the Pokeball and you can, you have to like wave your arms and throw Well, it's the supposed Joy-Con to tie in with the and... phone app, with the Pokemon Go phone app, right? I, I mean, you can, yes, but like the but only... it's still very different, like gameplay. It's, it's similar gameplay in that, so... So what they did is they took the original game and they cut out all the random encounters. All the Pokemon are now on the screen. So you can run around and avoid them if you don't want to deal with them. Uh, All the Pokemon trainer battles still happen. Uh, The other part of Pokemon catching them, you don't have to battle them or fight them anymore. So it does play more like uh, Pokemon Go, right, where you just encounter them and just start throwing balls at them or you know feed them whatever to make them happier that type of thing they really streamlined the game to a point that i enjoyed going through the whole thing again uh it's a neat nostalgia trip if you played the original game but i think you could go into it blind and it's a fun game on its own or not blind but not having played the original pokemon there's something about going back to just the original 150 one maybe i don't know if 151 yeah but there's something about that that it grounds it for me again that i'm like i can deal with this like (laughs) it has gone so far off the rails with the number of pokemon that exist i think there's over a thousand now yeah it's and that feels overwhelming and scary to me for new ones but Mm -hmm. going back to this the only you can have some of the uh like aloha variants was that the island that was in uh, Sun and Moon. Alolan? Alolan? Yeah, something like that. So if you have certain Pokemon, you can find random people and you trade and you get that, like, you know, the goofy versions from there. Uh, Like I got a Raichu that also is psychic because apparently that's how that one worked in that game, which was, Hmm. you know, nice. Uh, Nanner's picked up Pikachu, which will actually let me finish my Pokedex. And I'll probably put that game down once that is done. I beat everything, but realized that there are actually some unique across the different games. I was hoping they didn't do that in this one, but of course they did. Trading online seems like it's more you need to know the person you're trading with and you both have to enter codes and like all sorts of goofy stuff. Whereas I think in some of the older Pokemon games, you could just like put up, I have this to trade, give me one of these things and it would just happen. 
I think you did more of that, Aaron. So that I trial did. Worked. And their their whole marketplace for that was chock full of hacked Pokemon. Okay, that people were just loading into their systems and blasting out through the trading system. Yeah, it was it was a mess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this seems more. It it seems closer to the link cable style trading, where it's like, okay, you and me are going to trade. We both have to go in and enter this like four like Turn digit the keys code at the same time. And then <laughs> start the nuclear launch. Yeah, pretty much. Which is fine. I'm okay with trading that way. Yeah. So you you were fine with uh, the capturing the wild Pokemon just being throwing balls at them, not having to battle them oh, or God, do yes. any of the rest of that? Yeah. You like that better? Yes. Because uh, it, it looks like the the new one, Sword and Shield, looks like it goes back to the you know just the regular, you're, you're going to have to battle all the wild Pokemon. Uh, it's kind they of a, are all loose in the field. Like You, you see them. It's kind just, of a bummer, and it kind of makes me wish they had the options to you know play it multiple ways because i think i would be more inclined to play it this way where you don't have to battle them you can just sort of jump in and try and catch them because as it turns out i was like oh this game's gonna be way quicker now that you don't have to like fight them down and stuff like that Mm -hmm. no (laughs) somehow they managed (laughs) to get like the same number of hours out of this game or at least to me it felt like it so i don't know how they managed to do that Just like simple things too, like the uh, HMs, your Eevee just learns all of them so you don't have to waste them as moves on different Pokemon and then like carry a utility Pokemon around. Like yeah, that dedicate type of thing. mule Pokemon, yeah. And that's that's pretty smart. Yeah, there are a lot of quality of life changes in that game that I really liked and uh, I would be a little bummed if they pull some of that stuff back out for the new version if they don't have an option to let you play in kind of a simplified way. Yeah, well, I, we haven't seen any of that really, I guess, so they they might have the option. Yeah, I know they had that Pokemon Direct, but I haven't watched it, so I don't really know where we're headed with yeah, it Yeah, I, I watched it. It looks very much like the uh, the other titles that came before the, the Let's Go. Um, but engine-wise, it certainly looks like Let's Go. That was like the proof of concept. That was the oh, yeah, technical for sure. demo for... That is the engine that they're using in I, Sword and Shield. We don't want to have to think of ideas. We'll just use this existing... <laughs> world and just rebuild it using this engine and figure it out as we go i think supposedly what they did years ago was with the 3ds titles they started making future proof models of stuff so they made like higher poly higher res models and tailored the engine towards it and then for whatever platform they were putting the game out for they just like watered it all down until it ran Hmm. on that platform weird so that's why it all kind of looks the same because it basically is Hmm. the same stuff between all the games just tuned up so yeah pokemon let's go uh destiny we talked about i picked up uh hades off the epic store while it was i think at a broken price for a while because epic was like hey everything's on sale and we'll give you ten dollars off and then all the publishers were like hang on what the fuck is happening (laughs) did you say sale My my game? No. Uh, so I got that game really cheap, which I feel a little bad about because I really like Supergiant games, and this game's really good. So, well, it's gonna it's gonna be exclusive, isn't it? For no, they're starting there. It, well, that's what I meant. Their wording was odd on it, which makes me wonder if the exclusivity period on it is the, the that's what access. they're doing now. The early, mm-hmm. so they're like okay, yeah, it'll be exclusive, but just that our year of exclusivity will be through early access as we develop it, and then we'll release on everything. I don't know. The The wording on their site, I think, was kind of fuzzy on that, probably because they, or, I don't know, they may not even know 
how this is all going to end up going down in the end. But that game is a run-based game where the further you progress, you get... So you're basically trying to escape from Hades, fighting your way through levels. You basically clear a room, find a door, pick a path forward. You collect stuff along the way, which then once you die, you go back, spend the points, and then just keep slowly building up your character that way by like buying different weapons buying new perks that kind of stuff so it's you know a rogue light i guess it would be the category that that falls into because you're slowly actually leveling up to make things easier and progress the game not just like hoping for that perfect run type of thing i got into it for a while and then sort of broke away from it because i want to see I just want to let it get through more early access, and I didn't want to spend a ton of time on it before it's actually released. I managed to avoid that in Dead Cells, this one, because, you know, the sale sort of dropped in my lap, and I was like, no, I'll check it out, and that was my mistake. I shouldn't have checked it out. I should have just waited (laughs) to play it, because it's fun. I'm very excited to play more of it. It feels quicker. It plays probably closest to Bastion of the Supergiant games in that everything is like free motion fighting. Uh, I found my favorite weapon is actually the shield because you can just Captain America it around and then (laughs) uh, the gods that are trying to help you escape uh, end up giving you a lot of like specials that i usually just build on top of throwing that shield around so that i can just run around and avoid stuff and just keep throwing that thing all over the place and just captain american everything and it like poisons them and weakens them that type of stuff and currently the game i paid for like four years ago at this point bloodstained ritual of the night (laughs) finally released and uh you know from a guy who helped make castlevania symphony of the night it sure is a new Castlevania game in everything but the name Castlevania. It's really good. Uh, I'm happy with it. I was concerned with how long it took, and especially hearing a lot of people kind of complain that it didn't feel right, it didn't look super good, that type of thing. If you go out, there is a, I think it's a release date video where it's basically plastering all like the negative feedback that they received during the dev cycles and like basically has Iga throwing his wine glass away. It's like, I'll show them all and basically like it shows the early game and what it looks like at release now. And it looks like they did a ton of work to uh, clean that thing up and it looks very nice that's, to the point that's how early access is supposed to work in theory well yes you get the feedback you actually listen to it and adjust the game yep yeah so i'm glad they took it because it does i mean based on those videos i didn't think the old game looked horrible but the new one looks really nice so nice i feel like the obvious comparison to make is the mighty number no. nine <laughs> yes so it's it like, you it, got a good game out of your, <laughs> your yeah. early access. Uh, and, my game delivered on the nostalgia promise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you, just, yeah, if you want, if the question was, can they make a Castlevania game like Symphony of the Night in 2019 and have it still feel right? Yes, <laughs> it very, it can be done. I wasn't sure if I would enjoy it. Or not, but yeah, it's it's very, very well done. Nice. Going back to how nice it looks, that apparently has caused problems on the Switch because that released today <laughs> and it is having performance issues. So, is that both docked and handheld? Or? I think so. Oh, 
So that's kind of a bummer because I think the Switch would be the perfect place for a game like this mm-hmm. uh, where you could just pick it up, put it down, that type of thing, play a little bit. Well, there have been plenty of games that have come out on the Switch that were in rough shape and got patched better. Yeah, yep. it's pretty normal for that console at this point. Yeah. Hopefully they fix it. Yep. Well, they sent out something today that pretty much they had said there's some like absurd amount of DLC that's like coming for this game, they're going to continue to support it for a long time. Well, but they, because of the problems, they basically pulled like everyone to fix the performance issues on the Switch because they are not happy with the fact that they didn't get... They want the experience to be the same across all platforms, which everyone's going to say about every game. But it, I'm glad they're taking it seriously. Yeah, it's I mean, the appropriate they, response. Yeah. They very much took their time with this game to the point where <laughs> when this Kickstarter went, the PS Vita was an option that you could <laughs> receive a key for, and they had to say, sorry, we're not going to make Aww. that. And then the Switch came in instead of that, I think. So so basically, the Switch came into existence like after this thing got kickstarted. So. Yeah, Mighty Number no. 9 was supposed to come out for the Vita. Yeah. And then people are still owed copies of that. It's not coming. Oh, anyway. yeah, I think... <laughs> Yeah, for Bloodstain, they basically said, yeah, sorry, if you want a refund, we'll give it to you or, you know, pick a key for a different thing. Yeah, at least there's that. The other comparison, I guess, here is uh, Shovel Knight because Yacht Club Games has taken all the time (laughs) to make that game and uh, every uh, piece of it that they've put out has just been fantastic. Because they're they're putting so much work into it. So it sounds like that's kind of the the route that they went with here. Yeah, it's very good. If you like Metroidvania games or if you just like Castlevania games, it is very much that. There's an old lady in your like base area and the side quests that she gives you, all of them are named like avenge this random name. Go kill three of this type of enemy. And that's all the side quests right now. But every time you talk to her and take a new quest, she's just like, kill those murderers dead. And like, you can just grab a bunch of quests in a row. And it's just her yelling that like over and over again. <laughs> I just, I sent that to Kanban because he picked up this game. And then like a day or two later, he just replied with it in all caps as well. I'm like, yep. Okay. So you found that lady too. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's about where I'm at. I'm uh, looking forward to Mario Maker 2, which is yeah, later this week. days on that, right? Yep. That, uh, that was announced and is coming since we've podcasted last, because that's what Nintendo does. Yep. It's just like, oh, hey, we're making this. Oh, hey, it's going to be here in like three months. Get ready. I like that, though. Yeah. Nintendo's always good for that. Although, unless we're talking about Zelda, and they, they tease that. We're not going to see that for two years. Well, yes. Yeah. But don't worry, they're giving you a different Zelda in November. So Yes, the, the Link's Awakening remake, which oh, looks yeah. really good. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I pre-ordered the Amiibo for that so that I continue to just buy all the Link Amiibos. Me too, yeah. Nerds. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, I would say that's... It's a good little podcast. That's that's where we're at. I'd listen to that. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for catching me up on your video game exploits so far this year. Uh, I think I still need to finish my uh, 2018 <laughs> Game of the Year list because that's Damn not a giant. thing that uh, I ever finished or put out there. Uh, uh, me too, actually. I, I, I wrote most of it. 
Uh, I think I wrote everything down, got all the pictures, got everything formatted, and never actually wrote the words down. So I could probably just hit post and the games would be there, but there would be no actual explanation behind anything. I don't know if I even remember my justification for any of it. <laughs> yeah. I have to go back and listen to the eight hour podcast. As it turns out, when you have a child, like it's very hard to put the <laughs> the side project of talking and writing about games on top of the video games being the hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The time is very limited. It's just like that that sounds like work. I just want to play the games. <laughs> I only have like thirty minutes and that thirty minutes is gonna be broken into five minute increments. <laughs> but anyway. All right, so we've been uh, Bottled Fuchsia. You can find all of our content at bottledfuchsia.com, some streams occasionally at mixer.com slash bottledfuchsia, videos and archives of said streams at youtube.com slash bottledfuchsia. Check us out at Facebook and Twitter at bottledfuchsia. And uh, hopefully I'll uh, get to talk to you guys soon. Yeah. Yep. See ya. See ya. See ya.